0: to Cinebabble episode 31. I am your host, Ken. And as always, I am joined by my third favorite co-host, Clint Jones. Clint, tell the world hello.
1: I'm offended because I'm, <laughs> one, I'm not aware of the other two. And if there aren't any of the other two and I'm still the third. Those are our successful podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: this, is, this is the hobby cast. This one? Yeah. <laughs> what are the other two about? Um, knitting. Wow, and ice fishing.
1: Man, that says yes. a lot about us.
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> the knitting audience and the ice fishing audience
1: are very diverse and much larger than you would think. Please tell me that it's just the sound of knitting, knitting, and the sound That's of ice it. fishing. We don't actually
0: talk about They're... knitting. You're just like
1: <laughs> just clicking sticks. Yep, yep, yep. And, and then the ice fishing. On
0: ice. The ice fishing is just really obnoxious sawing. <laughs>
1: It's just like <laughs> occasional a slight plunges. sound of a radio sure. on in the background, yep. like to like talk radio. It's
0: We really put you there in the we'll, world with us. Yeah, you'll really experience uh, it. We talk about, you know, things, not movies. That's for you. We, right. We talk about life and existence and philosophy. It's, it's a good time. You should check them out.
1: My favorite episode, I was hearing good things about the crossover mm-hmm. where they were knitting on ice. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: That did not go as well for us as we were hoping, but it was entertaining. So
1: huh. I'll check go. it out,
0: I guess. <laughs> I'm still offended that there's two others I didn't know about, but well, you know, speaking of Clint, it has been a long time since we have uh gone and visited the trailer trailer. Would you like to take a jaunt to the trailer trailer with me? I feel you? like I hear the trailer
1: pulling up. I do oh, hear it. What <laughs> What movie trailers did you want to talk about? Well, the first
0: thing uh, I watched and I believe it just came out this week, did you see the trailer for Val? This is it the one about Val Kilmer? It is the one about Val Kilmer. I did. It is a documentary about Val Kilmer. It's it's sort of over the course of his life and apparently he's been using just kind of uh, you know, home video he's equipment been filming, to yeah. to film just behind the scenes when he's on set or just him at home or or just kind of a very candid walk through his career. And uh, what do you think of this trailer? I was I was fascinated by it.
1: Well, I mean, I've been so curious about him lately, just because mm-hmm. he's so dropped off the radar, yeah. and so I was really excited. Like, oh, maybe this will be some insight into it. And then, like, the insight it gives just in the trailer. I mean, I was really out of the loop that what he's been going through is like so heartbreaking, and it's just like seeing like this guy who I've grown up with, like in all his movies, and like he's like. In this kind of Titan of film and just where his life is gone and is just um it's just it really tough tough to just watch.
0: The, just the trailer yeah. was a tough watch. And I would imagine the documentary, I mean, with that knowledge, you're you're watching this guy in his prime, also at the same time, you're seeing him at at essentially the end of his life. Uh, and he's he's not in a in a good state of things. He's he's physically, uh, he's using one of the uh, the, the voice boxes. Mm-hmm. And I I had no idea. I knew he had been sick, and I knew he had cancer and some other things. Yeah. I had no idea that it had progressed to that level. Right. Uh, I just assumed he was he was sicker, but I didn't think it was anything to that level. Yeah. And so it, uh, you know, as trailers go, this this had me. I'll certainly be tracking it down and watching it. But it was just—it was a well-done trailer. It it made me it made me genuinely feel something, and mm-hmm. it and it almost made me a little scared of the movie because it it feels like uh, the movie itself is going to be really rough, right? It and, seems like it's going to be watch. warts and all, yeah.
1: Like which can be it can be interesting to watch, but it also can kind of I don't know. It can just change your give you a different opinion of yeah. the person maybe not for the best, but I don't know. I, it seems there's...
0: like he's more in a self-reflection mode yeah, because yeah. he alludes to mistakes he's made right. or times that he thought too highly of himself. Yeah. Uh, and I know there for a while, just peripherally, uh, that's kind of the reputation he had was was sort of being demanding or or being the, I'm the star on set. right? And I knew he had, had kind of moved away from that and come out of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, to see somebody just sort of racked with with struggle and and legitimately suffering right um especially somebody that you have such a visual record of them being in such good health yeah yeah that has got to be i don't know
1: yeah i mean like i said i don't i haven't been following the story of him too much recently but it's just like i'm hoping from the trailer that he's on a road to recovery and he's kind of trying to reinvent himself in a new way. Like where like where he falls in with art now. Like because like basically a lot of his instruments that he used, like his voice is gone. And it's just like, how am I going to express myself now? And I hope that's part of the story.
0: Now do you know how they did the narration to the documentary? I mean it's definitely present, but it sounds exactly like his younger self. I think it's somebody doing a good – It has to be because it talks about – at first I just thought, oh, he was recording his own voice back when. But then it starts talking about how he's sick. But it's a very convincing young vowel voice Mm -hmm. and it really threw me off.
1: Yeah, it's somebody I feel like nailing that, just like that really soft-spoken version of his voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was really impressed by that. When does it come out? Do you know offhand? I'm not totally sure.
0: It's, it's one I'm sure will be on Amazon prime and some other things. Mm -hmm. I, I very much want to see that. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to prepare myself emotionally. Yeah. That's like, I think it's, I just, I'm really, really thinking it's going to be a tough watch.
1: I know. That's like, I, I've never been able to watch the Mr. Rogers documentary. Really? It's so good. I know, but it's like the same thing where it's just like, oh man, it's going to make me so sad. Yeah. It, try it yeah it,
0: it i almost did that like it'll be good for you clint <laughs> no it's it it is sad but at the same time the thing that's sad is not anything about his life yeah. it's that there's not somebody i can point to right now and say right that's our new mr rogers right, exactly. it feels like he he's this relic of a time where there was hope that somebody could sit down in front of two just completely divided political parties. And in the course of a conversation, have them agree on something. Right. And I don't think that person exists or that culture no. exists anymore where, that, where that's even possible.
1: I know. It's because like somebody could get up in front of them at, like that now and the people he's speaking to could agree with him. Right. But there's such a hard and fast line that they have to stick to that's just like, yeah, personally, I believe that, but nope, we're not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's just how we are.
0: And that's that's the thing that's sad. His life is amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's really good. But just in watching how he would treat kids or how he would Mm -hmm. handle programming, it really goes into a lot of how he handled uh, you know death and things like that on the show. And that was just it was really moving to remember and watch that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very very sad, but a different kind of sad. Yeah, you should try it. It's I I I want to. It's just
1: I sit down and there's never the right moment. So I might just need to throw it on. Just when you need to feel my-
0: better about humans yeah, because they're just failing you so hard. Yeah. Well, the other trailer I watched this week is uh, just the most recent trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I'm not – I don't know that we definitely need to talk about that trailer. I'm more interested in your take on Are are you excited about this film? Because I know you already are not that excited about superheroes. And then on top of that, DC does not have a good track record of live action movies beyond the occasional good Batman movie.
1: Right. And I totally would have told you, no, I'm not excited about this film at all until James Gunn was involved. And then even I wasn't super like won over by it just because of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being this DC and like just knowing what I know about the previous attempts at the film um, with the other versions. So I wasn't, on board until I saw probably the first trailer and I was getting a sense of how James Gunny it was. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into checking this out.
0: Well, especially with the characters he's chosen because they're not characters that come with weight or, or a lot of baggage. It's just ridiculousness. And you can, you can almost feel that he went through and probably with a little chip on his shoulder, I made a raccoon and a tree work on screen. (laughs) I can make polka dot man funny. And right. I can make Peacemaker work and, and that sort of thing. And yeah. I feel like as usual, James Gunn nails casting mm-hmm. and he nails tone. And if the whole movie feels like those trailers, I think it'll be a good time. I could care I could not care less about any one of those characters. Right. I just I have no attachment whatsoever. I could go in, they could just be completely fictional creations out of James Gunn's mind mm-hmm. and and that's the movie I'm going to say.
1: Can you tell me are they just basically forgetting that the other ones exist
0: they're they're doing that half and half sort okay. of thing where it is a direct sequel but they're not going to acknowledge it at least that's the way i understand yeah. it they're they're acknowledging that the characters that are returning were also in that movie mm-hmm. but other than they'll probably be a one-liner or something that makes people chuckle uh, you know about what had happened before but as far as i can tell they're not doing any direct connection this is much more of a direct sequel to uh the emancipation of harley quinn okay. that character i think is is very much the same but i think they're discounting a lot of the uh jared leto joker and yeah and some of that
1: well i mean one of the biggest surprises for me recently has been the harley quinn cartoon yes. on hbo yes um
0: i'm so glad you found that and i can't believe i didn't recommend it before
1: yeah i don't know i maybe you just thought like ah oh, he won't no, I, mean, I just, I watched the whole thing during quarantine yeah. and
0: then completely forgot to tell you about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've been really enjoying that. It's the perfect tone of comedy, like for me, like to the superhero, like the equal parts comedy superhero. So um, it's it's really fun. I mean, it they go for it in that show. It's over the top in every yeah. way possible. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that DC can, really could use more of. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and right now DC, we talked last week about how uh, you know, I'm hoping that Marvel gets to a place that they can just kind of have these one-shot movies that don't have to tie into everything else. I feel like especially in animation, DC's had that figured out for a while where they can uh you know, just just take an idea or a story and just play with it. And they're like, "You know what? Uh, it's an animated movie." Right. News came out this week, uh I believe that they're doing the rest of Zack Snyder's Justice League story just as motion comics oh, okay. that they're gonna release online. Hmm. And I don't know how true that is. I was surprised they didn't, they weren't doing a full animated treatment. Right. And maybe I just read it wrong. But I I think that's cool where hey, we've got this idea over here and you want it, so we'll at least give it to you in some form. Mm-hmm. They seem to be more open to that kind of thing. And so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um I'm I'm not going in with any hope other than James Gunn. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. For sure. Yeah, and then the only other trailer I saw was there's a there's a new trailer featurette up for The Green Knight that uh, oh, yeah. it, it digs into the literary history of it. Did you see this? Yeah, it was fun. Man, track this down and watch it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 this three minute little featurette, but it's so well produced and it's it's so interesting, and uh, you know it ties in plenty of you know kind of interviews and clips of the the film, but it was it was a really well made trailer.
1: Yeah, it was like more of a history of yep. the character through um, through time and mm. the other iterations of him.
0: I also don't know if you noticed, but there were a couple of shots in there. We had watched the earlier Green Knight trailer and we were concerned about some of the the effects yeah and how they looked. And from what I saw and you know untrained eye, but it looked like they've gone through more time and more work. Mm. They didn't show the fox. But some of the other things that they showed looked much better than they did in the previous trailer. And so my hope is it's still in progress. Yeah. And they're working on it and that that it'll all come together and look a little better. But uh, yeah, they were
1: such quick shots. I couldn't really get a grasp of how they looked, really. And I was, yeah. I don't know. I hope. Me too. I really, really want to like that film. Yeah. Really want to love it. So, all right. Well,
0: man, it's a little dusty in here, but. Other than that, have you seen any other trailers?
1: No. I mean, we can close up shop. Well, this is kind of sad. We we're only in here for a couple of minutes. Hmm. Well, we'll have to get some more trailers going. To... <laughs> All uh. right. You get
0: making those, Clint. <laughs> we'll just go and make trailers and then- We'll hey, make our own trailers by the way, for films that don't you exist. You know what really irritates me? I'm going to hear it about it, I think. Yes, you are. Yeah. People who make fake trailers. Mm-hmm. Can I just put that out there? I hate it. It's It's the- it's, it's the most obnoxious thing in all of YouTube existence. I go, I see a trailer for, oh the yeah. Hawkeye series. I click on it, and it's just scenes. And, and I appreciate what mm-hmm. uh, the the people making these things are trying to do. But, but stop. Please. Yeah, I don't understand please please the point stop. of it. No. For one,
1: like, um, one that got me was when the Joker movie was announced. Mm-hmm. And they did that. Like, there was a couple of them that were made. And it was just yeah. so irritating because, like... I had friends who were like, oh, did you see the Joker trailer? And they showed me like, that's not, that's Heath Ledger from. Yeah. Those are just
0: scenes from other assorted films. Yeah. Please stop.
1: Where they like painted somebody's face green Mm -hmm. or something. And it wouldn't
0: mind, uh, or I wouldn't mind as much if it just said fan trailer dash the Joker, fan trailer dash, but they never do. It's always official trailer.
1: Yeah. They have the green title thing. really try to sell it. It's Mm -hmm. just
0: don't, don't try to sell it to me. Make the best trailer you can. It'll be amusing if I know I'm walking in for a fake trailer. If you're legitimately trying to fool me into thinking this, I just oh, I hate it. I hate it, Clint. Yeah, I, hate
1: it. I mean, if you're going over the top and just trying to make a comedic thing, sure. like that's fun. Sure, but sure, don't try to trick me. No, you're not no. gonna pull the wool over my eyes. Come on, we're we're savvy.
0: We're <laughs> savvier than that. All right, well let's uh let's uh, lock up the trailer, trailer, and leave it behind, and let's head into some reviews. Okay. This week, we are reviewing uh, The Midnight Sky and Stowaway and... Oxygen. Oxygen. (gasps) Uh, (laughs) In a a little segment I have been dying to call... A segment? A seg... What? (laughs) A segment. Sorry. A segment? Is that what I said? Segment. No. A segment... (laughs) In a little segment, I have been dying to call Netflix, Netflix in, space. in Space. Right? I'm going to add echo to that. Excellent. For sure. I'm so glad because I don't think it had the power and and the effect that I was really looking for.
1: You sucked all the oxygen out of the room with that one. Oh, I see what you did there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Netflix has this very strange habit of green lighting several projects in the same genre and then just kind of tossing them all up in the same roundabout time period. It's like I, they're just throwing things at the wall, like yeah. Yeah,
1: maybe this one will stick. No, nope.
0: that, that one
1: doesn't. Yeah.
0: And and I'm fine with it. I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I'm a big fan of Space Sci-Fi. But these are to Netflix's credit, three very different films. Yeah. I don't know that all three films need to be made, but let's talk about them one at a time. First up is The Midnight Sky, uh, with a a very grisly looking George Clooney mm-hmm. being as George Clooney as George Clooney can be. It's about a lone scientist. You say it like it's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I love George Clooney. Okay. It's just, he's very much George Clooney in this mm-hmm. movie. A lone scientist in the Arctic. Arctic, Man, I am just not doing well with words, Clint. We don't need them. Okay. Throw them out the window. All right. We'll cut this out or leave it in and make me sound stupid. I don't know. Uh, a lone scientist
1: in the Arctic. raises. <laughs> The lone scientist in the Arctic races to contact a crew of astronauts returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. That's exactly what I almost said. Yeah, you so close. I
0: know, I know. Clint, what did you think of the Midnight Sky? First or
1: second time I watched this film, unfortunately. Second time (laughs) you watched? You watched this twice? I watched this film when it came out, which was probably in the middle of pandemic uh, hysteria. Okay, okay. so I pretty much forgot about this film, erased it from my memory. So then we came up with the bright idea to do Netflix in space. Space. And, and space. And so I had to watch it again so I actually could talk <laughs> about it. So I will say that this is a lot of things.
0: It really is a lot of movie.
1: A lot of movies. A lot of movie. In one movie.
0: Yeah. Um. I only watched this once and I felt like I watched it six times.
1: It, I mean, it almost feels like it takes the amount of time to watch six movies. Yeah. It is a very slow-paced film, very drawn out. It also feels like there's not enough. Yeah, And one thing I realized after looking it up is this is based on a book. And then I um, kind of got a better sense of why it feels the way it does. It feels like, okay, that section was probably a chapter of the book this was probably another large section of the book and it feels like it was all cut down to fit into this framework of the
0: film that makes sense because it felt very piecemeal to me it felt like several different storylines and really several different tones Mm -hmm. for each of those storylines kind of crammed together
1: and i know i've probably read books where um Things like this have been done where there's multiple storylines and that aren't completely interconnected, but they somehow by the end mesh together to Mm -hmm. tell this larger story. And I feel like in a book that can work a lot better because you have the time to give each of those sections the weight they need. And like the the storyline where it's younger um, George Clooney, um, I'm sure probably in the book has more to it. And in this it feels like an afterthought that is not necessary
0: yeah well and and just starting from the beginning you you essentially have three major stories Mm -hmm. you have george clooney in the past his character you have his character in the future when uh there's there's just this earth is in cataclysm things are falling apart it does not look like we're going to escape an extinction event and he is attempting to radio this returning spacecraft. And then the third story you have this spacecraft returning. Yeah. And each of those stories have their own subplots. Mm-hmm. And each of those subplots have their own kind of side characters and so it it makes sense that 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 would be based on a book. It just it, when you're reading a novel, even if a novel is is jumping all over the place, your brain does a lot of the tone work for you. Right, right. It connects everything yeah. and it makes everything feel much more cohesive because it's your imagination. Yeah. You're the one visualizing everything. And so you don't get that feeling of, of uh, uh, conflict right, between yeah. what you're seeing. And this, uh, anytime it would go to the spaceship, the spaceship was so utopian and yeah, advanced. Yeah. And even in the flashbacks to his past, it felt very warm and nostalgic. It didn't feel like the the early signs of an earth that was falling apart and both of these these elements were built around this center story that i I genuinely enjoyed. I genuinely enjoyed the moments where it was him and this little girl, and they're just trying to get to this this radio station mm-hmm. um, through the elements that that part had me, yeah everything else just felt very extraneous. Well, there's
1: some um, pacing issues with like the whole, I understand like it's a return trip, so I'm Mm -hmm. sure there are kind of like, feeling like they're on the last leg of this thing. So they're more relaxed. Like we've already gone through this, we're just returning home. Mm-hmm. But it just felt so, so slow. They're just like wandering around the space station and nothing's happening. So, and there's just a large portion of that storyline like that until the end mm-hmm. where the bigger events happen. Mm-hmm. So, and there's, so it just didn't have any like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It just didn't have any urgency to it. Yeah. And so I I didn't en- I kind of enjoyed all of the elements separately and everything mm-hmm. just felt separate the entire time. Yeah. And also, um, even to the extent of the music feels separate yep. because like the music does not fit at all. There's moments like where the little girl and George Clooney's character are having dinner together and they start flicking peas. And it just comes to this really like um. Happy, like whimsical music of, of, uh, like a xylophone. And it's just like, what, our movie are we in right now? Why? Yeah. Uh, and I could understand, like, they're having this bonding moment, like, where he's getting to know her, but it just, I don't know. There's just,
0: but tonally, it should be more somber. Yeah. It's this little bit of joy in the midst of the world's ending. The world's over. Yeah. And so the, the music should have, I, I totally agree with you there. I, there's a version of this movie I would have really enjoyed. Yeah. And the version is where it's just, older George Clooney and the girl. And every time he is radioing the spaceship, all you hear are the voices coming back. Almost sort of like shadow in the cloud or almost radio drama style where you're picturing what's on the other side. He's picturing what's on the other side and much more of it would have been centered around those conversations. Uh, Flashbacks, maybe at most dream sequences if they were done correctly. But even then, sit there and tell the little girl about when you were younger have have a moment where it's just central to this character. I think it would have come out uh, you know with some other pacing problems and consistency problems addressed. I think it would have come out feeling much closer to a prospect mm. than than what it ended up being, which just felt like this assemblage of spare parts from other better sci-fi films. I know
1: because all the elements still feel like there's better versions of yep. all of them. And also I feel like interstellar did this a lot better there is there some big similarities between that especially with like the daughter in space Mm -hmm. and like the distance and
0: well and that's a really good example because you've got these spaceship scenes but you also have farmland scenes yeah and somehow those work together and the reason they work together is because the cinematography unites Mm -hmm. these two very different environments but even then your spaceship feels like a spaceship's that is has taken off from a dilapidated Earth. Right. Earth looks like it's gone through some stuff. The spaceship looks like it's gone through some stuff. They both have age and there's no moment, one of the things that drove me nuts in this was when they keep radioing Earth and they're not getting a response and they're just so confused as to what that can mean. You left a planet that was in crisis. You left well, because the planet could be falling apart. You're not getting a radio response. It's not that hard. They should have jumped to the logical conclusion that maybe Earth's not there. Maybe it's not what, what we left.
1: Well, they also set it up as this event has taken place while they've been gone. Yeah. So it's like, and if you're going to have an event that big and not even name it in any way, yeah. like, they're I mean, they weren't leaving for a specific reason. It was more like a just a... For future, like whatever could happen down the line, that they have this backup plan of a planet to go to. But in this time, like two this two year span, some horrible event has happened. So it's just it's just a strange thing. My
0: mind was trying to wrap around what's bad enough that it happened that quickly and was that devastating, right? But wasn't that far along before this crew left? Yeah. And and it just those story elements didn't line up. I would have been much more interested if they they really knew what it meant. They didn't want to accept it because the whole reason they went on this mission was to try to save what was inevitably going to happen. And they're just dealing with the fact that, yeah, but what if we're too late? Yeah. That would have been far more dramatic and impactful to me than just, man, it's really confusing. They're not answering. I wonder what's yeah. going on. That's every time it would return to the ship, man, it's they're I just know. not answering In what's that case, happening.
1: That goes back to like there's no urgency on yeah. this spaceship. And um one thing is, I, this could be, I mean, I don't know how much spoilers you want to do. This is a yeah, brief. You can, you can jump into okay. some. Okay. Well, I, since watching it twice, the first time I'm not watching it as this woman on the space station and his daughter. Mm-hmm. So the second time knowing that, that actually helped a little bit. Did it. it. It gave, like took off that, like the whole, cause the first time I watched it, that whole end, I was like, this movie's stupid. I hate this movie. <laughs> like that, it was just like to have that on top of this otherwise really disjointed movie. Mm-hmm. And then to have like, that felt so cliche to me. And, but to have it knowing throughout, and if it was a thing where you just knew this, I think that it helps the movie a little bit, yeah. knowing that she's in the, the little girls, basically imaginary. Yeah, Um, All that stuff is knowing that, helped and i wish somehow it was built into it better that you knew this because it's not a good surprise at the end it doesn't add anything to the story other than like oh look what we did here and so i wish that it was i don't know and and that's i get what they were going for yeah they
0: were going for a guy in his twilight reflecting on his regrets but there's just there's solaris uh was far more uh adept at doing that mm-hmm. Steven Soderbergh's Solaris also starring George Clooney much better at kind of getting that that feeling of somebody reminiscing and regretting and all of these different things but you know what's going on right you're not having to wait until the very end of the film to be to be told yeah it's a part of what you're watching in this character you're watching him struggle with his whatever it is mm-hmm. and and that all would have been much more interesting.
1: I mean it goes back to what we were talking about uh, with uh, Invincible where like last week or two weeks ago where the the surprise is kind of up front mm-hmm. and it makes you re uh think about that character throughout the rest of the yep. series. So I'm wondering if this would have benefited a little bit from it. I don't I don't think it would have completely fixed it, but it would have maybe just taken away some of those like things at the end Mm -hmm. that are kind of felt cliche and like unnecessary.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a long minute since I've I've seen Moon. But Moon did Mm -hmm. that. Moon stacked its what would have been in another movie, a big twist. It put it within the first half hour. Yeah. But it allowed it to do much more interesting things for the rest of its runtime instead of storing it all up and then trying to shock. Yeah. Or trying to do a twist. And that was right in the era where twist endings were the the big thing. That Mm -hmm. was that was on trend. And uh now i need to watch moon again
1: me too man wish netflix put it out so we had a good space movie to watch all right well
0: you know watch this thing if you want to watch it george clooney's fine uh but this was a hundred million dollar film i I hate when you tell me that kind of stuff
1: this was supposed to be like a big like imax film i believe and then, you know, COVID and everything. So
0: I this could have been one of those... cannot even imagine paying $12 and plopping down the theater and then watching this. No. That would have been very frustrating.
1: Yeah.
0: Very. Ugh. All right. Well, our next movie is Stowaway. And watch how I read this one because okay. this one's going to go well. I won't jump Stowaway in. is about a three-person crew on a mission to Mars who faces an impossible choice when an unplanned passenger jeopardizes the lives of everyone on board. Clint, what did you think of Stowaway?
1: I have not seen a more nihilistic film. Right? In yeah. such a long time. Yeah. yeah. This is the most nihilistic. There is no hope in the world at all.
0: No, everything goes wrong. Everything goes towards whatever the worst case scenario is. Uh, this is the anti-Martian. Uh, um, yeah, or Apollo 13. Or, or anti-Apollo 13 or yeah. anti-any of those movies where it's like we figure it out yeah. and we problem-solve our way
1: out of it. Nope, nope. not this movie. <laughs> we are dumb people who cannot figure out a single thing. Nope. Yep. I mean, Apollo thirteen fixed their problem with like a sock. Yep. I mean, in real life, we can't figure. I think it was the same issue as yeah. what this movie did. And we're in the future, and we can't like we didn't have a backup plan for this. Oh I man, I was so frustrated with this yeah. movie. And uh, and I kept I kept thinking
0: that it was going to ah here's where they turn it yeah. here's where they turn it here's where they turn it. Nope. <laughs> it it just and it it's a very well made film. Yeah, it's a very well performed film. And it's it's genuinely tense. I, I was genuinely uh, it was suspenseful. But at the same time, I would not watch it again. No. There would be zero suspense. Uh, you know, there's even when I go back and watch gravity, I know she's going to make it in gravity. But you still feel that tension, yeah. Because here's a character that's 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 going to live. This mm-hmm. is all about hope. This is all about her you know, ingenuity. This narrow, to yeah, it's, yeah. it's this narrow chance of survival. But you know she's going to pull it off. So you still feel that that tension and that suspense. This oh, just the dread that filled this movie, and it just kept piling on. It very effective in making you you know approximating the feeling that that these people would be feeling, I suppose. Uh, but just my goodness, was this a heavy film? It has I a really good cast. A really good cast. Yeah, Anna
1: Kendrick and she Tony was great. Collette, Daniel yeah. Day Kim, Jim all- Anderson.
0: They're all fantastic. Yeah. Have I seen him in something he else? He looks so familiar, character? but
1: I just can't
0: uh, place it. He was great. Yeah. And I was also really happy that it wasn't, it was just pure accident. Yeah. They established that at the very beginning. There's a little bit of, can we trust him? Can we not? But that's not the plot of this at all. And I liked that it was just, hey, you know, bad circumstances has led to this fourth person being on this mission. Yeah. Yeah. And what are we going to do about it? And I thought it was early on. It was really sweet the way they sort of adopt him into the crew and and try to, you know, the filmmakers are making this guy a legitimate character. He's, right. a,
1: he's a good guy. I uh, will say that he's the only character they actually gave a character, though. That's true. Like, he has the only one with a backstory. I really, I mean, besides uh, Anna Kendrick, who, like, just genuinely comes across as caring and nice yeah. and, like, he wants to get through this situation you don't know much about any of them yeah. which is a little frustrating like you well, with, especially all that time leading up to when he's discovered yeah. they don't spend that time very well getting you acquainted with them yeah. as people
0: yeah it's mm. it's weird because what was what was the movie with the the giant elevator platform that came down through and, and platform people, platform yeah platform super nihilistic as well I did not walk away with that same level of dread. Oh, me either. As I did with this, or yeah. dread's the wrong word. Dread was early on. By the end, it was just like, well, nothing matters uh, in this movie, and and even something as is visceral and and kind of awful and, and nihilistic as as Platform, this this still somehow outdid that.
1: Yeah, because that movie, I feel like there feels very hopeless. But it has the really strong will to survive from yeah. the characters, and you really get to know these characters through the situation, and you start you start to believe even you never kind of lose that like
0: glimmer of hope
1: glimmer of hope that they're going to figure it out. Yeah. And this, I feel like everyone gives up so quickly. Yeah, especially Daniel Day Kim, who oh, just he's like, all over the place. He's like, "Here's a syringe. Here you go. You're dead." <laughs> Yeah. Until You're, it comes down to like, oh, we need yeah. two people to, to leave now. Yeah. And I will say one thing I really enjoyed was the uh, spacewalk sequence where yeah. they ha- that was done really well, much better than Midnight Sky. Yeah. I feel like what they should have done is smashed this the space section from that movie and this movie together. Oh, like that's the returning ship. Yes, and they're coming back and they're just like. So lost of hope, because, like they're just trying to get home after this horrible failed mission. <laughs> that would have been so much better. I, I
0: agree with you. it would have made it would have made both better. oh man, it was i it's 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 hard for me because it's a good movie. There's nothing I can point to in this movie and say that was done poorly or it was written i'm I'm sure you could find four human beings that would behave and react. Exactly like these four human beings behaved.
1: You think with all, like all the training they go through, they would get to the point where they just give up so quickly?
0: I, I'm not saying the give up quickly yeah. thing. I'm I'm saying I could imagine those types of people. I where where it bordered on suspension of disbelief was that these outright professionals, just because they're constantly being told by home base, no, there's nothing you can do. That they give up. Uh, that was one of the things I loved about Apollo 13. Apollo 13 still holds up as a film because it's constantly- In a historical event. Well, yeah, that too. You know what I mean. Clint, I know, come I'm on. <laughs> All things are fiction. No, it really holds up because it's about that, that, that indomitable human will of we're not going to give up. Yeah. The Martian does the exact same yeah. thing, not going to give up, even when the stupid potatoes- Uh, you know, when the, there's an accident and, and his entire thing, you know, his crop gets blown out, then it's just, okay, how many potatoes do I have? And you constantly feel that drive to, I want to survive. I want to get through this Mm -hmm. and, and other things. This is, this is a group survival movie, but even then it's just a group that's, that's a little too willing to tear itself apart. Right. And and to not push on.
1: Well, I mean, and I feel like I would have really um, enjoyed, or not enjoyed, but fallen for the end of the film. Mm -hmm. If up to that point, everybody was trying to do the most they could to like ensure the survival of all of them. Yeah. Rather than... (laughs) halfway through they're just basically like you need to just kill yourself
0: it felt like a live action space version of the who are you going to toss off the boat kind of mind exactly. game that you have where exactly. it's okay the boat can only hold nine people we've got ten who do you throw it's off it's
1: more you have a moral quandary yeah. than anything and yeah. i feel like that's not as much fun to watch i mean and it takes away the power of what the end her sacrifice yeah. could have been at the end yeah.
0: It, it would have been more interesting. I'm using interesting a lot. I found this movie also less interesting than it should have been, just like the other. Yeah. But it, it would have been much more interesting to me if there were just four crew members or just three crew members, and they have history and they're they're this little family unit and they're faced with this choice. Mm-hmm. The introduction of of a stranger. I get what they were going for, but you didn't need to introduce a stranger to explore the themes of can we make the sacrifice play can we give up a life here who do we give up who do we we need each of us we we're all in this we've we've devoted our lives to this who sacrifices themselves it would have been just as interesting would without been the it probably more powerful because
1: they have this like family dynamic yeah. relationship where they really care about each yeah. other and it it makes that decision so much harder yeah. in the end um but i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, again, it, it was a
0: fine movie for me. I just I I would never watch it again. Me either. Yeah. It, there's yeah. nothing there to to take me back through it. What propelled me through it was the the hope that there there was some meaning here or mm-hmm. there was a direction here or something was going to happen and you know, it's it's just it's one of those movies that that sets up what they fear and then, yeah, that's that's kind of where it
1: goes. Do you think it was some kind of like statement about corporate greed because the space, like I feel like this spaceship is owned by this like Amazon company. Like it's, <laughs> it's like a, like a private company. And like, they were talking about how like they cut it down so it could take three people or yeah. rather and it's only built for two. Possibly. So, like, I don't, it just suddenly. I hadn't thought of that, but maybe. And like, they're just um, pushing it to get their job done, but they didn't really Take into account. It like,
0: wouldn't surprise me if that's there. I just I, I didn't pick up on it at all.
1: It's I I don't know why I thought about that. Well, because you're smarter than I am. That's I don't why I believe so.
0: <laughs> Our third movie is Oxygen. And Oxygen is from Alexandre Aha. 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 Is yeah. that how you say his last name? I believe name? so. Uh he's a great director. Uh, it's about a woman who wakes up in a cryogenic chamber with no recollection of how she got there, and she has to find a way to bust out of this metal tube before she runs out of air. Clint, what'd you think of Oxygen?
1: Um, well, going in, I didn't realize it was by Alexander until after watching and saw the credits. So I was like, what did, do I know him from? And he did Crawl a few years ago. Yep, yep. And that was one of the biggest surprises of that year for me. Like, I went in a that movie thinking like, why am I even watching this? Had no expectations for it. And it slowly became my, one of my favorite movies of that year. One Mm -hmm. of the best horror movies I've seen in a while. Yeah. He did hot tension. He did Uh, the hills have eyes. What? High tension. Well,
0: yeah. The original was hot tension. Oh, hot tension. tension. Oh, okay. Hot, hot. (laughs) H-A-U-T-E. No, I was, I was, uh, anyway, high tension, the American version, high tension, crawl. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of different uh, horror things. The other side of the door was a good one, but,
1: uh, sorry, but going, uh, but so I kind of wish I knew that going in this one. Um, but overall, even not knowing that I, I did really enjoy this film. Um, it's makes a lot out of a little, Mm -hmm. there's so little happening Mm -hmm. in this film. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of another movie where they've done something like this. Isn't there one with like Ryan Reynolds Yes, Reese? buried, they tried. Yeah. And and it
0: it's I decent. Never saw it. It's it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. They find a lot to do in an hour and a half underground in a box. Yeah. Um in the phone
1: booth. Isn't there one with Phone the, booth? Yeah. yeah, with
0: Colin Farrell where he's stuck in a phone booth because a sniper's threatening to kill him. Yeah. Um you know that was another one where they did a lot with a little. This one, I think, had the advantage of it's this high tech, futuristic pod. Yeah. And so there's there's an AI character uh, that that she can communicate with. There's mm-hmm. there's different things to look at and be interested by. It's not just a box under the ground. It's not just a phone booth. It's not ordinary. It, right. it has this otherworldliness, and you're trying to figure out where is she. Why does she not remember? And and so yeah. just kind of that story exact- unpacking, uh, there there was just a lot of layer there where yeah. where I I kept being engaged. Yeah,
1: what it. exactly is this pod? Is it a medical pod or is what is this a cryogenic thing? Like, and they did a really good job with the casting of M- Melanie Laurent, mm-hmm. Mel- Mel- Melanie. Malani, sure, sure. Um, who she was in *Inglorious Bastards* and uh, Beginners, which is a movie that we have history with because- <laughs> Clint, why you got to bring up Beginners? <laughs> that might be a story for another day.
0: No, we're going to do it right now. <laughs> a little tangent, backstory, uh, the film Beginners. It's a great film. Yeah. Great film. Mm-hmm. Clint loved this film and Clint wanted me to watch this film. No, you had to and review this film. You shut up, Clint. <laughs> Let me tell this story. I had to review this film for Blurry.com and I watched it and I'm recognizing the whole time, this is a great film, but I don't like it. (laughs) And I talked to Clint and I just could not understand what is it about this movie I did not like. Now, I have since gone back and watched it again and have come to a place where I still don't like it, Clint. I don't get it. Really? I I recognize how good it is. I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong with me. Anyway, she was excellent in that, even though I hated it.
1: So anyway, I'm saying they cast well for a role. It's one single person stuck in a box that she gets to carry this film and she does a really great job of, I mean, I thought she did a really great job of conveying how it actually would feel to find yourself in that situation where she's like believably hysterical at moments, believably like trying to figure out and get herself out of this situation. Uh, and I, I totally was with her through all of it, and never questioned any decision she was making. Her panic,
0: yeah, was so genuine. Yeah, I was getting me too those kind of panic attack feelings. Mm-hmm. It was, it was almost too real. Yeah, her performance is. You know, I, I talked last week about uh, some of the problems I had with Megan Fox's latest movie because I never really bought her level of distress. This is. I forgot I was watching an actress, and it really starts to feel that you are watching this human being that is trapped in this box and you can't help, and you're just hoping that they figure out a way to to get through this, yeah, because it's it's really genuinely difficult uh, to watch somebody in that level of of distress and panic mm-hmm. and Wow, what a performance. She had to be exhausted at the end of every shooting day. <laughs> I bet. Especially exhausted. in
1: this situation where you can't move at all. Like yeah. that, like just, I know like just being confined like that can really take the energy yep. out of you. So I just, I can imagine like whatever yep. hours you're doing that every day would be. And this movie uh,
0: takes place in, in a fairly real time, yeah, yeah, which I really appreciated mm-hmm. because it's, it's not one shot, but you're, you're, you're right. getting this feeling of this countdown just like she's getting this countdown, and you know the movie's drawing towards its end, and it really increases the level of tension, right? Uh, as as it barrels through, and she doesn't, she's not distressed at the beginning, and then calms down and problem solves her way through it. She is in and out of panic the entire time, and in and out of hopelessness and hope and yeah. desperation, and and the thought that oh, might this might work, right? And just the the number of things this character's mind go through. I, I can't imagine that you would react any other way than that. Right, that right. That felt so real to me.
1: I know. And going back to when we were talking about um, Army of the Dead, with the countdown and that of the nuclear bomb, and how unnecessary that felt. And yep. this, it works so well. Oh, and yeah. is almost the driving force of this film yep. outside of her performance. But it was just like really pushing everything towards this final goal or final... Um, point of survival yeah. so i i think it worked really well in this
0: i also really enjoyed kind of the the russian nesting doll kind of feeling of the sci-fi element me too yeah it starts uh, you know just fairly normal sci-fi yeah. and then it keeps expanding its world which which is quite a feat from inside of this little space right. but it keeps finding new and interesting ways to to expand the science fiction of it and to really Vault things even into the future uh, with what it's doing.. Right. And I really enjoyed that. And just her not just trying to find herself, but to try to find out or or not just to find out who she was, but what she was about and why she's here and who she's connected to. who can she call? right. what she what what can she do about the the circumstance that she's in Because at different points, she gets a hold of, oh, here's a solution and then there's another piece of information that says no that is not a solution. Yeah, that's the opposite of what you're looking definitely for. Definitely <laughs> not what you want to do. And she's got this element of she's making phone calls and she's getting messages and she's having to determine who she believes or what's believable and and there's just man, so much packed into this. It doesn't feel like too much. No, no. Uh in in a lot of ways like Crawl, you just have this simple basement and it's two people trying to survive in this basement during mm-hmm. this hurricane with these beasts coming in and and it's it's that same feeling of small space but you really can feel the filmmakers working through what's in front of them right right and there's there's very much a logic mm-hmm. to the way problems are tackled and the way characters approach a situation and i think that's what elevated crawl i think that's what elevates right. this yeah. is you get the sense of here is a person that is making decisions in the way that I would hope I would make decisions. Right. You know, I would work through the problem and try to find, you know, okay, where where can I, you know, find an out? Where's my escape? Okay, that didn't work. I panic. I calm myself down. What's the next thing that I can do?
1: Right. It was like she would always have the appropriate reac- reaction reaction yep. to the moment too. Like when something didn't go, how she was hoping it would, but it, it never got to the point where she was completely lost, she yeah. would move on to the next thing in a very logical way. Yeah. And I really enjoyed also that going into it, it's not that she just can't remember how she got in this situation, it's basically that she's starting new yeah. and she can't remember very big things about her life. Yeah. And so that just added to the mystery of it and, her, and like unfold, it unfolding and getting to, like it was a really nice like story device yeah. because she's getting to know herself as we're getting to know her we're finding this information out at the same time it worked really well
0: but that's sharp screenwriting yeah. that is okay amnesia everybody's done amnesia how do we do it in a believable way yeah, how do yeah, we yeah. do it where it serves the film right. and they nailed it yeah. same thing as as crawl mm-hmm. uh, like really a hurricane yeah a hurricane because here's why and they write in things And they write the script in a way that it allows these elements to serve the story. Right. And the story also reacts to the elements. And Mm -hmm. you never feel the sense, or you never get the sense, that things are happening because the plot needs them to happen. Right. You get the sense that things are happening in a natural progression. Mm Uh, and and he really has a good handle on that in his films.
1: Yeah, especially how it where it ends up. Yeah. Because it never feels like they're forcing it in that yeah. direction. It always feels like these are natural revelations that she's coming to, yep. and like so, it always feels very um, earned by yep. the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This movie had me from kind of start to finish, mm-hmm. and I I got. it it engaged me more as it went along. Yeah, yeah. uh, Exponentially, which I really appreciated. Me too. Uh, Especially once it's bringing in who can she believe and who can she trust and she's having memories, but are they her actual memories? Are they just what her mind wants to tell her? There was so much happening. Right. It could have ended, honestly, 18 different ways and I would have been fully satisfied. It could have even ended in a, uh, you know, she's been half hallucinating this whole time and half of this wasn't even real. I would have been with it. That's how much it sold me on her experience and the situation she was in yeah Uh, that movie just it had me yeah i didn't care what the end was i was along for the ride in the story i like the end oh yeah definitely i I, I mean i i think
1: that's something i've seen online that people complained about really but like in in like you know the rotten tomatoes reviews or whatever like that's one of the complaints but i was like i i bought into it it. and i liked it and i thought it was an interesting story device to end on um And it made the science fiction aspect of it more, I don't know, just it was a lot more in depth yeah. than I was expecting it to be. Yeah.
0: No, I highly recommend this one. Of the three, this was the clear winner oh, for yeah, me. Me too. Easily. Uh you know, Stowaway's a good film, but it just wow, weird, weird leaps in logic. Yeah. And and Oxygen didn't have those leaps in logic. And I, I, I appreciate that. Like
1: I feel like Netflix is really like any streaming service really is good for a film like this, where Hmm. I don't know if I necessarily would have to see this on a big screen, but it's a movie warranted. And it would be, it's really nice that it was made. I'm really appreciative of that. But something like I was thinking about like Stowaway, is just like, I wouldn't want to see that. Like I just want to wear outside of a streaming service that would exist because I wouldn't want to see that in a theater and I almost like, I don't even <laughs> question why it was made because <laughs> it was so nihilistic. Yeah. It made me feel so bad about man, Which is funny because something like any Aria, we loved.
0: I know uh, because it was, and,
1: it was so on its face yeah. like, and it was, it was so big in its yeah. nihilism and it was on its sleeve that it was and just And it's like, exploring it.
0: Yeah. And it's doing that's it. That's the point. Yeah. It, it was doing it in a fascinating way whereas this just felt Okay, what was the point of that? That I just got drugged through. Exactly. No, if I would have seen oxygen in the theater, I think I would have had a, a physical response. Yeah. I think I would have had gravity level, uh, kind of that that panic induced. The first time I saw Gravity, I oh me too. We saw oh, that together. Oh, I was exhausted coming yeah. out of the theater in that.
1: That was like a spiritual experience for yeah. me, like because that was the first IMAX or like three D IMAX movies I had really seen, yeah. and. It was like the best 3d movie i'd ever seen to that point so it was just like man they they figured it out for this one but uh, yeah i don't know still (laughs) i just keep ending that way on all of these
0: yeah yeah. so watch oxygen
1: uh i mean i totally would have i would have been through i would have been happy to see um oxygen on the big screen but i feel like it's one that seeing a trailer or something wouldn't have. At first, made me want to go see it. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah.
0: Sorry no, I to interrupt. That's, no, no, no. That's all right. You interrupt, Clint. Okay. You be my AI in this tube.
1: <laughs> oh, no. That's all I ever wanted to be. That was the worst
0: metaphor. <laughs> I have trotted out in a great many episodes. Is
1: that like you're my Huckleberry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're my AI in this tube. <laughs> in in any other context that is a crazy weird sentence <laughs> it's just next i'm sometime tonight i'm gonna look at rachel and i'm gonna be like you're my ai in this cryogenic tube <laughs> like, what excuse me it'll be perfect all right you ready to give uh good old Sinatron another spin let's do it okay
1: Oh yes, okay. Yeah? This
0: is me smiling. Uh I'm <laughs> It's transferring to I Mike. am looking forward to talking about this. Oh, have I, you you no. have
1: watched it? I've been meaning to, but it just okay. hasn't. This has haven't.
0: Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick oh. a, in a in a bonkers role. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm excited to see how you feel about it. I'm this is not me suggesting that I liked it. Mm-hmm. This is just me suggesting that I am very much looking forward to talking us about talking about it and oh, seeing good. what you think of it. Okay. Uh, it was not a waste of time. Good, good. Uh, but I, I have thoughts. I have strong oh. thoughts.
1: I appreciate hearing those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> awesome. Villains. All right. So, uh, Sinatron gave us oxygen last week. Man, Sinatron's just been treating us...
1: Yes, yeah, that's All true. Like it. it gave us the good movie out of the three we talked yeah. about this week. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I also have it on good authority that somewhere sitting on Cinetron is Motherless Brooklyn. And I swear <laughs> to God, if that ever spins up, Clint, I'm coming across this desk because I do not want to watch that film.
1: Hmm. Well, don't.
0: Mm, well, Cinetron do is
1: listening to you right now and is <laughs> just like putting at the top I, of you. I don't know why I have
0: such a case against that film but man ever since i watched the trailer for it i just nope i don't want to watch that nope you don't like eddie Norts? i love eddie Norts, <laughs> but i don't want to watch motherless brooklyn what a terrible title motherless <laughs> brooklyn i don't even care if it has a deep meaning it's stupid clint
1: yeah but i do Sorry like it's offending you so i do so like much. the norts
0: eddie eddie Norts. eddie Norts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah uh, man, he used to be one of my favorite actors and, and just, it's been a while since he's had something for me.
1: Well, he's been good in like the, um, Wes Anderson roles. That's true. So that's the only that's thing. That's really. true.
0: But it's, it's very secondary roles. I know. But I guess he's been doing a lot more filmmaking as opposed to acting. Like Motherless Brooklyn. <sighs> he made that sweet Clint, gem of a film. Clint, I'm telling you, if your little computer friend spends up Motherless Brooklyn one of these days it's going to have words with me because...
1: <laughs> well, it's been going too well with Sinatron recently, so uh, Yeah. I wouldn't get too and comfortable. Before our break, we had, what, Velocipastor?
0: And uh, do you remember when I told you about that trailer I watched about the time-traveling Muslims that went back to kill Jesus? Yes. It's now gotten an American release, and it's called, pause for laughter, Black Easter. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. It is on Amazon. It's called Black Easter. And man, I'm so tempted to watch it, but I don't want any of my revenue going towards this horribly racist piece yeah. of trash. That just makes me picture um,
1: like a Easter bunny that's gone mad. Yeah. Like it's, Black Christmas. It's all about
0: these, these evil time-traveling Muslims mm-hmm. that want to kill Jesus and some time-traveling Christians that have to go stop them, which... Really calls into question the whole lordship of Jesus, Mm -hmm. if time-traveling Christians have to go and save him from the (laughs) thing he came to earth to do in the first... Anyway, theologically, it's a mess. Black Easter.
1: Putting it on the list.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> all right. This has been episode 31 of Cinebabble. I uh, hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Uh, Clint is good as always to see you, you and too. to be out of the nightmare dystopia that was COVID. Hopefully, the Delta variant does not drag us kicking and screaming back into that dystopia.
1: Maybe we can get locked together and just do this every day. I think we'll day. still
0: podcast through. Yeah. I think uh, a second return to lockdown, I would be much more efficient at handling than Mm -hmm. the first one.
1: We'll do it. So yeah,
0: Yeah. it sounds good to me.
1: All right. Till next week then. You are the AI in my cryogenic tube. (laughs)